All right. We wanted to have an uplifting uh, film to open up this post-holiday. <laughs> How many of you know that, that uh, those images are really meant to reflect the battle that we're in? There's so much craziness that's just battling our minds, our emotions, and, uh, and it, Satan desires to just have a society where we're all at war with each other, with uh, various identities. You know, well, are you wealthy? Are you part of that, that top 2% or are you the 99% or the, or the top 1% and the 99%, et cetera, et cetera. And it's really crazy that we're, we're dialoguing on those things in America when we're in the top 1% in all the world. I mean, even people that are receiving subsidy <laughs> are in the top, you know, 2 or 3% in all the world as far as economics. So, uh, but before we get into all that, I'd like to just say, um, did we have a time change? Because I think I fell off in a diabetic coma from food. And I woke up, I didn't know what year it is, what day it is, what month it is. <laughs> How many of you know that? That, that the kind of what happened. You get that turkey grog. It's like I ate a bunch of turkey, even more dressing. And then the cranberry, boy, that was like the happy place. And then suddenly I'm just in my chair for like two more days. Is this boneless chicken or is this dad? Anyway, how many of you had a, had a good holiday this time? Very good. It's, uh, it's such a neat time. I know that Gino really prepped us last week to certain things not to bring up at Thanksgiving dinner, politics, religion, or shaving your grandmother, you know, stuff like that. It was ridiculous. I'm glad it was Gino that said that and not me because I'm reformed and uh, doing much better. But we, we had a very meaningful time and it's really nice to get back in God's house and just, okay, uh, but, but we're going to talk about some of these, these issues, these hot-button issues that we've been looking at, like morality, who establishes morality. That was first session. And then politics. You know, it's so easy to say, well, if you are voting a different way or whatever, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. Well, that's exactly what Satan wants to do, is make dialogue not not discourse where actual minds can be changed and actual ignorance can be repealed by the light of the world, Jesus Christ, and, and, and true science and true facts, Satan would love to have us just divided. And nothing is more divisive in our country right now than the desire that many individuals have to divide us white and black, white and Hispanic, and, and et cetera. There isn't that much pressure to separate Asian people. They're, they're kind of like smarter than all of us. How many of you know that the, that the Asians are smarter than the whites and blacks and Mexicans? We need to just surrender to them. And besides that, I'm hungry for Chinese food today. I really, really am hungry. But racism. Our world is filled with conflict on identity lines. It's called identity politics different sects of the same faith. This massacre that happened in Sinai Peninsula in Egypt, 300 and some people of faith, I didn't say Christian faith, 300 and some people worshiping in a mosque were, you know, awakened to a mob that came in to just kill them. 300 people dead. And, and, and my heart breaks 
okay? If, if, if 300 people are going to be killed in an eternal plane, it would be better if they were Christian. They get to go to heaven. But families are torn up, and so we see that, that it was Muslims attacking Muslims based on, on a sect of their faith. We've seen this. I've been to uh, Ireland where the Falls River Road and, and, and the other one where you've got huge barricades that separated the Catholic part of Belfast from the Protestant. Wars over religion and then the political outflow. And so there's a, a design of Satan to, to, and it's really orchestrated a lot through the media to get us to be divided. Hate rich people. Black people, you need to hate white people. White people, watch out for the blacks are coming to get you. Well, I want to just tell you this, that racism is a, is a sin issue, not a skin issue. The boogeyman is in our own thinking. The boogeyman is in, in prejudiced ideas that we develop. If you go to a, a kindergarten or you go to a nursery, you'll see all kinds of kids from different races, they play together. The little black kids, little white kids, little Asian kids, little Mexican kids, or other Hispanics, you know, everyone's playing, Native American. Where does all that hatred come in? It comes in with time. It comes in because, guess what? We're in a fallen world, and Satan plays with our heads to say, let's la raza, we are superior, you know, Latino power or white power. You know, I think, I don't know. It doesn't sound cool to say honky power. <laughs> you know, that'd be like white power. Honky power, oh, does that mean we're driving? Beep, beep, beep. <coughs> if, if it's honky power, then Indians have us all beat because they're honking the whole time they drive. <laughs> Trying to keep this serious but light <coughs> because it, 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 it's something we need to really address in our heart, but we need to be able to laugh at how stupid we are, how stupid we've been. So you have divisions and identities on economic levels, political issues. But what, racism is one of the longest running human issues. Humans hating each other for being a different color or culture. Think of it. Within, within Latino community, I, I saw a, a, a news anchor, a, a Hispanic gal from East LA. She's very light-skinned Hispanic, and she said, you know, in my community, said, I've got, I got family members that have done hard time, and they've got the, the tears, you know, for doing time, and, 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 and they tell me I'm not Mexican enough because I'm a huera, I'm too light-skinned, and, and I, I, you know, I'm not fighting on the end of the street. And they were stereotyping themselves. And so, you know, and then, and then a black guy was talking about how, how, you know, she was too light. You know, she's called high yeller, you know, whatever. And then the Jewish kid, Ben Shapiro, he goes, yeah, he said, I'm told I'm not Jewish enough because I'm not a doctor or an attorney. <laughs> we, have, we have racism and divisions even ethnically among ourselves. Think about it if, if someone comes up here and, hi, my name's, you know, Earl, and I'm from, I'm from Paducah, Kentucky. Do you know a lot of people, if they hear like a southern accent, super drawl, they automatically think uneducated. 
Don't be looking around like someone else that relates to you. I'm talking about humans. This, this, this heart of division. And it's sown. Hello? It's sown through years. And so when we look at racism, we're looking at the sin issue that, that encompasses even more than race. It can be cultures. It can be regional. It can be skin tones. While I was hungering for Chinese food this morning, I was thinking, it's funny how we're so integrated when it comes to food. I want Indian food, I want Chinese food, I want, I want to go to some soul food, man. I want some, some ham hocks with some good greens. It's funny, we can be integrated on food, and yet, but yet we don't want to talk to the people that make that food. Is that not crazy? Or are you too tired? You're like, just get through it, pal. I already gave any offering, just make it short. Okay. What does God think of racism? In Numbers chapter 12, we're in the third book of the Bible and, and racism is going to be brought up. In Numbers 12.1, it said, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. What, what people... Uh, need to be made aware of was that 40 some years before when, when uh, Moses had fled from Egypt because of persecution, he went into a section which would be closer to Saudi Arabia and he married a Midianite woman by the name of Zipporah and that's where his, his children came from. And all of a sudden that now that they're starting this trek into the wilderness, then there's an Ethiopian woman on the scene so what, what are the two likelies? Well, well one, like, uh, one possibility was he just had two wives, which was culturally acceptable. Or two, Zipporah, his first wife, the daughter of Jethro, um, she could have passed away and so he remarried. What the issue though was that his older brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron were older than Moses and they are blowing it on him. They're making the Ethiopian woman the issue. So I have to assume that they were making a racial fight. They were picking a racial fight. And Moses was very meek and what a servant of God. And he had the freedom to marry a woman that he felt fit his values. Many of the Ethiopians had actually left with the Israelites, leaving in the Exodus. So she was most likely a God-fearing woman, and, and they're saying, hey, wrong color. This happens. Don't you dare be bringing no white girl in here. Denzel had hate mail because on one of his movies, he's seen kissing a white gal. And the hate mail was coming from a lot of black women. You sell out, Denzel. You kiss that white girl. Hello? How of you know whether we like it or not, one of the greatest ways that, that's confronting racism in our country is intermarriage. And it's, you know, you're real racist until all of a sudden your grandbabies come along. And then all of a sudden somebody's got you in a controllable environment. All of a sudden, you know, you know well, I'm going to love the white half. <laughs> or I'm going to hug the black half. 
Wouldn't it be easy if we just had checkerboard children? Black, white, black, white, you know. But I've seen hardened people, hardened blacks, hardened whites. When their kids say, we're not, we're not buying that garbage. And they, they marry and have children and all of a sudden that reluctant one, okay, well, your baby is cute. Pretty soon, you know, they would run into a machine gun nest to defend that baby. We need to break down these racial things. Especially when we find out that there is no, there, there's only one race on the earth. It's called the human race. Right? So let's go on with this story with Moses. So we skip down from verse 1 down to verse 9 and following, and it says, So the anger of the Lord was aroused against them. Whoa. How many of you know that when people have real mean, bad attitudes, they think, I'm in the right. You know, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be with that, that Cushite woman. He was married to a Shemite. He was married to a woman from the tribe of Midian, which happened to be relatives of Abraham, but she's Ethiopian. She's a Cushite. She came from the line of Ham. How many of you know all over the world people are divided in tribal areas? Even unity. You, you, you get into sub-Saharan Africa, people are divided by what tribe are you? Buntu? Are you uh, Watusi? Are you... Uh, you know, and, and, and all these Hutus, Tutsis, <laughs> all of these various tribal things, people are divided. So, sometimes people get surprised when, it, when God is more angry about what they're doing than about what they thought was a big issue. So the anger of the Lord was aroused against him and he departed, God did. And when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Miriam became leprous, as white as snow. Talk about your color situation. You're having a problem with black people? You're going to be really white. Most, most, y'all, most of us are just off-white. We just need to be colored more. You know what I'm saying? We're off-white or slight reds, pinks. But now this girl got really bleached. She became white as snow with leprosy. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. So Aaron said to Moses, O oh my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly and in which we have sinned. Please do not let her be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. Think of a, 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 a dead baby that's decomposed in the mother's womb before delivery finally happens. What a yucky, messy, nasty sight. And that's what Aaron is seeing his sister turn to. So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please heal her, O God, I pray. Then the Lord said to Moses, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days, and the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. Now, I was reading this a number of years ago, and, and the connection really came to me that the issue with, with Miriam and Aaron was a racism issue. I believe that you should always marry a person of your people. 
But your people aren't a skin color, your people are a spirit color. Meaning the same values you hold. Hello? The same, you know, you're building a life together and only God can help you to find that right person. Please, I think it would be a tragic mistake to make skin color instead of that connection because I believe that when, when God adds people together, it's supernatural. And, and, and I've seen God add people supernaturally together from different, I mean, complete different skin colors. We have Gary, Dr. Gary and Felicia Munson. They're both highly educated. And, 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 and so we'd call it a salt and pepper couple. Uh, great Bible school. They've led about 800 imams to the Lord in Ethiopia. And, and so just think about if, if someone had said, Gary and Felicia, you, you, because of color of skin, you should never get married. Wow. Rather than what's your heart drive? What is God doing in your life? And you might even have to ask him, can you weather the storm of people who aren't there yet? How many of you know in every community that there are people that aren't happy? Many Japanese, they do not want their children to marry round eyes. They don't want it. There's even reverse racism in certain parts of the Hawaiian Islands, you know. If you're a haole, you're going to be looked down on. Now, what happens is, I want my kids to understand racism and be above it, but be aware of it. And so, when, 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 when kids are being led by God, they need to be forewarned. Some people might judge you, right? Just as, as people are going to judge you if you convert to Christianity, okay? But right is right. And so, here was a situation where... God is so angry about this racism of, of Aaron and Miriam. He gives, he gives Miriam leprosy. Why didn't he give Aaron? Because Aaron could have never have been high priest again if he'd ever been a leper. So Miriam was taking the stroke for the two of them, and Aaron got it. We've done foolishly. Now, what was the key to, this, to healing this racism? God's attitude and forgiveness. Moses forgave and prayed. He didn't say, you know, hey, y'all, you're on your own. I wouldn't have talked that way. No, I wouldn't have talked that way at all. He didn't do that. He prayed. And God said this. He said, if a man had but spit in his daughter's face, that's disgusting. Anybody actually believe that the Bible means what the Bible says? God said, if I spit in my daughter's face, she'd be unclean for seven days. I can't imagine spitting in Natalie's face. To go to that level of rejection, you must have done something that God finds really reprehensible. My feeling is that God's view of racism is that if I function as a racist in my thoughts, in my actions, prejudicial behavior, then God's attitude towards me is he, he should just spit in my face. I'll tell you what, I don't want any of you to spit in my face. Please don't. You can bring me uh, maple bars with bacon on them. I'll take those. But to think of God 
spitting in my face because of my disgusting attitude towards someone else. It's crazy. From this point on, I'm going to uh, solicit some help from Rick Warren. He wrote a great uh, sermon entitled, God's Grace is for Every Race. I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the dog ate my notes. Uh, it's closer to the truth than you might believe, but we don't have time for that. But Titus 2.11 from the New Jerusalem Bible said, God has revealed his grace to save the whole human race. When you start looking at through the eyes of the lens of the gospel, it makes so much sense. If I'm hating people of different ethnic and culture, you can't win people that you despise. In 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 7, verse B, or section B, the, the Lord our God does not tolerate perverted justice. Like if you refuse to hire someone because of their ethnicity, that's prejudicial behavior. Now watch this. If you only hire somebody because of their ethnicity, that in my mind is still a perversion of justice. I really believe in what Dr. Martin Luther King said, that his longing was for a day when we were on an equal playing field. See, Satan is trying to disrupt. Well, you guys need to pay for this, and we need to build this one for that. I want to tell you something. Forgiveness is the only answer we're going to have for untangling our society's problems. We came from all over the world and we came at different times and not, every, not everybody came over in the Mayflower on a slave ship. And so figuring out who's supposed to be billed for other white people's sins and problems and whatever, it's going to be crazy. It's never going to work. We know that. But what God says will work. The Lord does not like perverted justice, partiality, to be partial. Okay? I like you if you're sweet. Honestly, as I look at the congregation, and years ago, I used, to, I, I used to say this about Medford. Medford's a diverse, we have a lot of diversity. We have white people with black hair, white people with blonde hair, white people with red hair, white people with brown hair. Just because we were so lily white in our valley for a number of years. But even in our congregation, we're becoming much more uh, integrated, you know, very strong, rapidly growing Hispanic congregation to the point where we're probably going to need to do translation come January. But I, I, I'm bored with racism. If you're a mean white guy, I don't like you. If you're a mean black guy, I don't like you. If you're a mean white woman, I don't like you. If you're a mean black woman, I don't like you. And I reserve the right to like or dislike who I want because color doesn't have anything to do with it. How many of you know, when you really go down to it, the crazy things that we do, well, you're not like the rest of your people. First of all, nobody knows all their people. I don't know every other white person in this globe. Some of them don't even speak the same language I do. But we say those things, we stereotype people, we're partial. And the minute you go to someone and say, I really like you, you're not like the rest of your people, what you're really saying is racist, racist, racist. And you can be a racist because racism's in the heart. It's not whether you're a minority or a majority. Let's say I'm a major Ku Klux Klan, white supremacist. 
And I go from here to where Gino and I went to Nigeria, and we spent a, a week or so in Nigeria, and, and we had pictures that we brought back, and someone said, hey, you and Gino are the only white guys in the picture, and Gino and I go, oh yeah, that's right, we didn't notice it. Because I don't live my life going, I'm white, I'm white, I'm white, I'm white. Now I do walk like an old white guy, I'm white, I'm white. I'm white, I'm white. You can call me Mr. White. I live in White City, and I only eat white bread <laughs> with white sugar and white flour. Come on now. How many of you know we look through our eyes, and unless we're actually looking at our skin, we don't see ourselves as that. We see ourselves as a human, and so does someone from India. So does someone from Africa. So does other people of other ethnicities that live here. Hello? We need to, to treat each other as humans, not as part of an identity. Why does God hate racial prejudice? Prejudice questions God's creation. Because the Bible says in Acts 17, verse 26, one of my favorite verses from one man, Adam, God made every nation of men that they should inhabit the, the whole earth and he determined the set times for them and the exact places where they should live. Think of it. Genetics. If someone told you, hey, I'm gonna introduce to you your fourth cousin. You're going, man, I didn't even know cousins went back that far. Well, yeah, they do. And all of a sudden, you see someone who's from your lineage. I literally did that. I, 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 I used DNA.com, and then I saw like a, a ranger from Colorado, and, uh, and, and a Schmelzer, and he came from the same, you know, Vigon and Ana Caterina, outside Frankfurt, and so he's literally a blood relative, but how many cousins ago would he be? And yet I go, man, the dude looks like me in a lot of ways. I wasn't just like, find the donkey in the picture. I mean, literally, he looked like a stubby guy like me. And I thought, we white guys just gotta be, there's gotta be a cookie cutter of us, you know, X amount of patterns, and it repeats. But think about going back all the way to Adam. It wasn't like, okay, I'm gonna create an Adam that's black, an Adam that's white, and an Adam that's oriental. No, one Adam, and then that lineage went down to Noah and his three sons. And so, so the, the genetic thing got reconnected at Noah again, and then out of that came three distinct lines of ethnic appearance, I'll call it. The Mongoloid, which would be your, your, your Asians, the Negroid, which would be your blacks, and then the Caucasoid or Caucasians. But we're all from the same family. That's why when someone marries someone of, of, of an, another ethnic division, that they don't suddenly have an extra arm growing out. Have you ever noticed that everybody's baby look like regular babies, and there's, there's uh, physical changes but the biggest changes that are ever going to happen to your child are if you put the word of God in them and raise them with love and help them to be loving people a lot more than saying, you are, 
and then making color the thing. It's prejudice because we were made from one man and made into the various nations that we are. Who, are, who says you're better than others and what do you have that was not given to you by God? And if it was given to you, why do you brag as if you did not receive it as a gift? First Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. Second big point, prejudice is a sign of ignorance. Whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him, 1 John 2.11. Think of it. Well, I'm really enlightened because I've got all these attitude towards people of other races. No, you're not showing light, you're showing darkness. You're blinded. Can't you see family? I wanna just say that, there ha that, that, that in, in teaching about love and forgiveness, I wanna say, there has been real garbage that's gone on racially in this country. No question. One time when Jake was a little kid and, he, and, 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 and Sam, a uh, little black kid, was his, his buddy. And I've known Sam's family. And, uh, you know, we've known them for years. And they went to the Christian school together. And there was some teaching on racism and it showed a lynching. And I remember as Kim really helped him with it, as he began to cry, he said, would someone do that to Sam? Just because of his color? And as a parent that wants to teach fairness and love, you've got to say there are people that would. I just want to say America is not where if you're black, you're a Black Panther, and if you're white, you're Ku Klux Klan. The media is trying to paint that. The media would like an all-out shooting bloodbath between the races in our country. Yeah, that, this will maybe sound like the most, most opinionated opinion, I'm telling you, as being a student of politics for all my life, there's a desire on some plane that chaos would break out and there would be a bloodbath between white and blacks in this nation. It's gonna be the church that said, hooey, fooey, we're not going there. We are not going there. You are not gonna use salacious information to make me hate and suspect people of another race. And so when you see, I understand where, where uh, black folks and other people, I'm disturbed. Like when the, the, the guy that seemed like a very nice guy got shot on the street corner in Baton Rouge and the city and the pastors in Baton Rouge white pastors, black pastors, they rose. And policemen, if they're trigger happy, whatever. Statistics actually prove out that, 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 it, that, that a white guy is, is more likely to get shot by a white cop than, than, than a black guy would simply because there's been this, be careful, be careful, be careful. Are we careful enough? I don't think so. We need to work at it. And I remember back in, when Rodney King got the beat down and then the cops were acquitted and there was a riot in South Central LA and I remember the video of the white trucker pulled out. I've been at the same, same corner where he was pulled out. Forget the name of that street. One right down in downtown, just off of, from USC in, in that downtown area. 
He's pulled out of a truck and he was beaten by young, young black guys and, and, and it ended with them throwing a brick in this guy's head. And, 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 and I had lived in a church where we were integrated in the church in Oakland, California. And, 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 and all of a sudden, guess what? My whiteness popped out. Hello? I already knew that that, that, that's, that didn't represent every black person. But that's the way the temptation of racial prejudice is. That when we see somebody of another color or another ethnicity do something, and, and, and with, with the filming, with, you know, information being reported and, and some information left out that was really important to the case, it's easy to go, oh, that's how black people are. That's how white people are. That's how Mexican people are. Hello? That's identity politics. It's prejudicial. God hates it. It's got to be out of our world. So what did I do? I said, Lord, forgive me. I know, I know way too many people. And guess who ended up coming in to save some of these people? Other black people from South Central would go and cover the bodies of people that were beat up and stuff and say, listen, guys, there's anger and there's rage over apparent injustice, but this isn't the answer. How many of you know we need those kind of people to rise up white, black, Native American. We need people that are peacemakers, not troublemakers. I'm going to finish my message shorter because I made it longer in some other ways. But prejudice disobeys the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The Great Commission says we're to go into all the world, all the world, God, for God so loved the world. How many of you know the world is bigger than 330 million people in the U.S.? And then we're divided, so it's not even all of them. It's only, it's only our color of people in America. I was just in one state in India that had 230 million people in, in Uttar Pradesh, India, one state in India. There's a lot of folks out there, and they don't all look like us. But yet we're called to go into the world and let them know that they're welcome in Jesus. And they become, first of all, we're genetic family. And then secondly, we're spiritual family. But what happens if we get caught up in the, the skin thing, we're going to enter the sin thing. And we're not going to show the love. We're not also going to fulfill the other great commandment, which is love your neighbor as yourself after you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Pastor Rick Warren says that racism is the most common sin around the world. Don't think it's something that America made up. No. There's prejudices. I've, I've been in other, other countries and heard them talk. In Romania, there's a distinct anti-gypsy prejudice. Anything goes on around the neighborhood, it was the gypsies. <laughs> All right. Racism is the most common sin around the world. Let's spend five minutes each day this week praying for those affected by racism around the world. I don't want to ever, I don't ever want to have God tell me, I said to you someone, and from your impatience, not wanting to, to spend time to talk to somebody whose accent is different, you neglected the gospel.
Hello? It's easy to say, if a person doesn't speak real fluent, clear English, I don't want to spend time talking. Do you know that people that come to our country and they're trying to learn our language are the most open? They're probably the most likely to come to your house for dinner if you open that door and you realize this is Jesus, light of the whole world. I want to be a part of that. Let's all stand together. Our identity is not in our color. Our identity is in our faith. I want to tell you something. Kind of crazy to be anti-black when the, the fastest growing Christian nations in the world are in Africa. Huh? I go there. I ask one black guy from sub-Saharan, which means south of the Sahara Desert, I asked him, I said, do you know anyone that's black that doesn't believe in God? Even in our country, I noticed that there's something, something happened even in slavery. It couldn't have been all bad because somebody must have been taking care of their slaves and they brought people that were worshiping spiritism Somehow, it seems like every black singer, R&B artist, they, they got their training in church. How did they get attracted to church if it was all beat down and molestation? Somebody must have loved enough to begin to lead even the slave population to Jesus. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like knowing the real pain that people have suffered by segregation and the Klan. You begin to understand why so many named their, their child Moses. Because Moses was the one that delivered them out of slavery. And when you begin to understand what R&B and soul was about, it was about people, even in the middle of slavery, along that line of picking cotton and doing things, they were singing songs to Jesus. You may wonder, say, man, some of the black pastors, aren't they a little opulent like Creflo Dollar and T.D. Jakes? Man, T.D.'s got to be wearing $10,000 suits. You got to understand that in the middle of slavery, these people would save pennies and whatever they could. And if they could get their preacher boy dressed up, that gave them hope that someday we're coming out of this and we're gonna be free. And I am so grieved and I'm bored and I'm angry with racism. I celebrate everybody getting a little bit of freedom. I celebrate that in this country that different ethnic groups came through and there was persecution. Irish were persecuted. Italians were persecuted. Polish were persecuted. Sometimes that's what family does. Big brother mistreats the little one. But there comes a day when we say, man, at the foot of the cross and at this house, may we be those that sow peace. May we be those that pick up everybody's baby and we love them.
Don't you love a pastor that nothing touches him emotionally? I'm just a rock. You'll never see me cry. You'll never see me feel something. I believe that we need to make a pledge, guys, no matter what your color. Now watch this. If I was a total racist and I land in in Nigeria, am I not a racist because I'm the minority? No, I'm a racist because it was in my heart. There's studies to try to prove, well, you can't be a racist if you hate white people because you're a minority. If you hate anybody of another ethnic or color, you can be a racist. That's what the Bible teaches. It's not whether you're a minority or majority, it's what's in your heart. And I want, I want prejudice out of my heart. I want, I want to see America healed of racism. And it's going to come by you and I talking. And when we hear racist stuff, we just say, you know what? I don't have time for that because we're all from the human race. And that race works for me, the human race. Hallelujah. Real quickly, I'd like to give an opportunity for everyone that came to this place looking for God, looking for a new start. The Lord's done everything he could do to join us. He gave us his word. He sent Jesus Jesus took our sins and he paid for them, which includes the sin of racism, includes the sin of unforgiveness and bitterness. If you're here today and you say, man, I need a new start. You might have been pursuing your spirituality along a lot of different lines, but let me tell you that there's the one way, which is the way that the Bible teaches that through Jesus, we find freedom, forgiveness. If you're here today and you'd like to join God, I'd like you to just step out of your chair. Maybe your friend brought you and say, hey, is this the day you'd like to join the Lord? And come on down. We'd like to pray for you. We'd like to believe with you and receive you into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 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 There we go. All right. Hallelujah. I believe there are more folks here. If you're here and you haven't joined God, let's do it. Today's a good day to join the Lord and just really give your life to Jesus and get a brand new start. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, last call. If you're here and you'd like to just get connected with God and um, these guys will pray with you. We'll all pray and then uh, they'll give you instruction on how to walk with the Lord a bit. Let's just pray this prayer. Dear Father, I know that I need you. And I know that the Bible is true. The Bible teaches me that Jesus lived and he died. His shed blood was for my sins and the sins of the world. He not only died, but he rose from the dead. You raised him up, Father. And as I put my faith in Jesus... His payment is applied to my account. You said in the Bible that whoever would call on the name of the Lord would be saved. I'm calling on the name of Jesus today. You said that whoever calls on the name of the Lord would not be ashamed. Take away the shame of my life. Lord, if you'll be my God, I'll be your servant. If you'll be my father, I'll be your child. I receive you today, dear father, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now the rest of us, I need, before we pray, I need an honest assessment. Sometime in your life, have you had unkind thoughts about other ethnic groups and individuals? Okay, about a third of us are honest. Hello? How many can say I've, I've been addressed with, with racist addresses? I mean, people talking to me, racist talk. Anybody? Okay. Now, here's where we're going to go. How many of you say, I think we need a Bible ethic? That's how we're going to survive it. If we get deeper into, into hate, we're going to have that craziness. I don't want that. I want peaceful change and love for everybody that Jesus died for. Pray with me. Dear God, change my heart. Change my mind. Fortify me to be a person of unity. Take away any racist tendencies, attitudes towards anyone that you've died for. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. I will not walk in guilt, but I'll walk in newness of life. Thank you for improving me and all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.